You're listening to the Oh Come On Sports Podcast with me, Natasha Sanishevsky. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Oh Come On Sports Podcast. Thank you for joining us again. Uh, it's Natasha with you out in Calgary and Al over in Toronto. How's it going, Al? All good. All good, Natasha. How, uh, how are you? I'm doing well. Uh, I just had a, a weird flashback this morning when I woke up. I dreamt about the podcast. You and I were recording the podcast and okay. I forgot to hit record. And we had a guest on, and I don't remember who it was in my dream. It was some amazing guest. And we had like this awesome conversation for 20 minutes. And then I realized I didn't hit record and the whole thing was lost. You know what? Let me just check when I'm recording this. Hang on one second. Now you've put that in my head. So hang on. Let me just... recording right, we're, No, we're good. We're good. We're good. Okay, I know good, we yeah. are. That's that, uh, well, I double wow. checked with you because I am not good with technology. Obviously, <laughs> I fear it or I wouldn't be dreaming about it. But I feel like these things can just so easily happen. And uh, there you go. So I don't know if it was a nightmare, but it was not a good dream. Sounds like it sounds like a nightmare to me. Yeah, it wasn't the best. It wasn't a good feeling. So anyways, so, I'm, glad, uh, I'm glad we're here. I'm glad we're recording. I'm glad it's all, it's all happening. So technology is not your strong suit. So let's focus on one of your strong suits. Uh, and that's golf. So I know we were talking, we ended off last week, I believe, talking about your participation with your stellar teammates that you surrounded yourself with for the, uh, for the scramble. So how did it go? How did we do? Yeah, I wish I could actually call, you're very nice to call golf my strong suits. I don't know if it is, especially not the way I played last weekend. You know what? It was a fantastic time. We had a great time. It was a long day. So you're playing with two groups at the same time because it is a competitive thing. And I guess they want to, they want everybody to be honest, which is fair. So, so two foursomes, two foursomes at the same time. Two foursomes, oh, wow. That's right. So I think the best way they wanted to do it was, or the best thing they could come up with, it was to have two teams playing at the same time. So they can kind of keep an eye on each other basically. So it was a long day. It took us at least six hours. So focus really came into play. <laughs> oh my goodness. That's a long round of yeah. golf. How was the weather? What, what did, did, did the weather cooperate? The weather was good until about, I don't know, whole 14 or 15 when this rain shower came in. And I thought, oh my God, if this is how it is for the next hour, <laughs> whatever, I'm not going to make it. But it blew, it was intense, but it blew over pretty quickly with like in 15, 20 minutes. So that was good. So yeah, the weather was great. The course at Innisfail, Alberta, uh, it was beautiful. Lots of elevation, very difficult. But here's the thing with scrambles, Al, and I'm sure you know this, is that very often they come down to putting, right? It's that's, I mean, I guess all golf rounds come down to putting (laughs) and we did not putt very well at all. We did not (laughs) put very well between the four of us. You think we would have been able to sink a few, you know, from 10 or 15 feet out. Absolutely. Nothing. Ice cold. No. So we, it was, we were competing. There was one other all-female t- team there. And we thought we kind of had the advantage because they actually had a scratch golfer on their team and one other girl with a very low handicap. So we actually had a lot okay. of strokes in our favor that we, yep. couldn't, we couldn't capitalize. Gotcha. Yeah. You know, that's, uh, I, I know the, the, the pain of putting all too well um, and how that can take your score from a, a high 70 to a low 90 really quickly. Exactly. Um, so yeah. 
And when there's four of you playing and you get to see each other's line, right? And you get to discuss and talk about it and help each other read it. There's no excuses. So <laughs> we're a little bit disappointed for sure, but it's just, I don't know. It's, I, it's another lesson. I have to hit the pipe. So do you, do you continue on now or do you, is there no. another round or oh, no. oh, is that it? We're is done. it just a one and done kind of, That's it. Type of tournament or you sit, you're done? One and done. I believe okay. if we had made it through, we would have played at Stewart Creek, which is a gorgeous course in the mountains in Southern Beautiful. Alberta. I'm not sure if you ever played. So we were excited to do that, but yeah, no chance. We're done. One and done. <laughs> so we have all season long to think about. To what think about next year. That's it. You can yeah. get that, that Tom Brady focus in your head now and, and I'll see you out on the, on the driving range in mid September, mid October, yeah. mid November perfecting yeah. that uh, that swing so um but weather impacted another tournament as well right the other less important tournament that happened last weekend the, the northern trust i know that was secondary to 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 the scramble for sure but i know there was yes. some some weather impact there as well did you watch any of the golf on the weekend by any chance? i i did watch some of it i was all fired up to watch it on sunday and then like you said the rain blew in or the hurricane yes. blew in or whatever and there were all the delays and then it kind of threw me off i, I wasn't able to catch the final round Unfortunately, okay. obviously I saw the results, but then, um, yeah, it just kind of, it, the timing did work out for me. So did you watch it? What did you, what did you think? I did. I, I did get a chance to watch it and, uh, I saw, you know, when Tony Finau was in the playoff and I'm such a Tony Finau guy, I'll be honest. I, I'm always rooting for him. He has that reputation of being, you know, kind of, uh, gets to the dance and then just can't, just can't finish at the end there. I saw a stat earlier that he's had since 2016, eight runner up finishes, and yep. three of them have been playoff losses. Like that's, you know, that, that stuff. So I was happy to see him win. I, I don't know if you saw afterwards uh, the look on his face when he looked at this guy, it was just absolute relief and, you know, kind of uh, absolute joy. So I was happy to see him win. Uh, but no, it was, it was, it was fun to watch. And I think it, I mean, as you mentioned last week, we're getting into this really Im important time in golf right now. Right. So Finau's now at the top of the FedEx standings, I believe. Yes. Um, and, and so it was really good timing for that win as well. Yeah, he is. Uh, he's had that reputation, unfortunately, of not being able to close. And I mean, the other reputation he has is that apparently he is the nicest, nicest guy yeah. on tour. So he is so easy to root for. Uh, I for me, it was when he broke his ankle at the Masters. That I was, was for, that was it. That was when I, I became a female fan. Do you remember that when he's walking down the fairway and his poor little rubber ankle just like goes <laughs> sideways? Like I remember watching that. I forget. Was that a, the par three competition? It was the par know. three. It, it wasn't even a tournament. It was the par three. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, oh my God, how embarrassing <laughs> is that? Absolutely. And also probably painful. But mm -hmm. um, yes, an easy guy to like, an easy guy to cheer for. And I was also reading, like, I love this too. I guess he had sort of a traditional steak dinner celebration after this okay. victory. But then he also apparently a few hours after went straight to McDonald's and had like a Big Mac, <laughs> 10 chicken McNuggets, an Oreo, nice. like just crushed some food. Which That's how to celebrate. That's a, a different level so. of. <laughs> I would guess, I mean, obviously golf i mean there's a lot of a debate whether golf is actually a sport right some people don't think it's a sport they're like you're not athletic but these golfers now they take most of them i would say take good care of their bodies i'm sure they eat healthy i'm sure he's one of those guys who tries to stay trim sure. and fit so he probably eats well but yeah when you when you win a, a, a tournament like that especially in a playoff uh that's huge so mcdonald's to celebrate why not absolutely i mean you know, it's interesting you make the point about 
our golfers, athletes. And there's a story this week about Rory specifically saying how mentally tired and just physically exhausted he is from, from playing golf. And I mean, you played for six hours on, on, on Saturday. And I, I mean, I've walked a few rounds. I'm more of a, a riding cart kind of person than a walking person, but I can imagine, you know, four consecutive days every weekend for what, you know, months at a time of walking courses like this and never mind the mental part of it. I take that out of it for now. Right. Um, that could be, that would be tiring. Again, I think it's a cumulative effect, right? I think over the course of a few months, it, it would, it would definitely, uh, definitely add up. So I am of the opinion that these guys are athletes and you've seen like Rory and, you know, and Kepka and Bryson, they're all, they're all pretty jacked, right? They're all pretty, you can see they take the physical fitness part of this very seriously. For sure. Yeah. Rory, I was just reading, um, he'll, he'll be at 34 events over 15 months, I believe is what it is. Once yep. the season is all set. It's a lot. I, it is a lot. It's a ton when you add all the travel into those events, right? Trying to get everywhere. And I, Rory's another guy that is very easy to cheer for, in my opinion. Although, well, I've stopped betting on him. We'll get into this later. Because he <laughs> yes. But he's very easy to cheer for. And I think he always speaks candidly, which is another reason I like listening to him. Because he tells it like it is. And he was very blunt about about being tired and totally. yep. father as well. He just had a child. He is. That's right. right. And all this traveling and the COVID stuff, that is another layer that everybody is experiencing. And so, yeah, a ton of events, a ton of events over 15 months. Um, and yeah, he, I, he, he was mentioning, months. he was mentioning between rounds at certain times, flying back home to get into his own bed and spend three or four hours with his, his wife and daughter and then flying back for the round. And I mean, again, that just adds a different layer of, fatigue yeah. we've all flown on planes for you know and, and been tired and fatigued afterwards and it's uh and imagine playing 18 holes walking 18 holes after that inner pressure situation so i i can appreciate the fatigue and uh but like you i have i have i have bet on rory in the past and i have frequently been uh, been been disappointed but betting on golf is generally hard right because of such parody i mean anybody can win every any yeah. week you can see i can name six guys that could win this weekend obviously a big tournament's coming up this weekend and there's a whole bunch of guys that would be um could be considered as, you know, real probabilities to win. Like Johnny Rum, of course, at the top of that list, I think. Okay, let's let's go through some of these guys. Let's let's okay. start with Rory. Because like I said, I have bet like and I don't or I've never used to bet very often in the past, but a few times with golf tournaments, I was all fired up and I was like, okay, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna get into it. And I was betting for Rory and each and every time he let me down hard and I was like, that's it. I'm not betting for this guy anymore. But where does he stand heading into uh, the BMW championship. You know what? Well, I, a good market to look at for Rory, and we'll get into a little bit of the betting stuff here, but uh, is is not necessarily to win, but there is a, a, a top 10 finish for Rory right now is, is paying, paying out at plus 225, which effectively means it's 2.25 to one that he is going to place in the top 10. Okay. Uh, I know this, this course is traditionally a really long, straight course, I think from what I've read anyway. And he is, uh, he's second in driving distance against, you know, this year again. So I think there's, his game really plays well for this type of course. So I think that's reflected in some of the betting lines, although I still think that's pretty good value, right? To get, you know, plus 225 on Rory finishing in the top 10. Uh, nice. Although he just talked about how tired he is. So maybe that is, you know, some yeah. more information to take into account. Um, but yeah, Rory is, uh, Rory is, is poised, looks like to at least place in the top 10 uh, this week, according to the betting markets. I forgot to mention too, did you see how he threw his three wood away? I love it. I think he threw it. I loved the- it river or the lake or something completely have you ever thrown have you ever thrown a cub away have you ever really gotten frustrated and just chucked the cub i threw my eight iron into a pond one day and i regretted it so much for yeah i never got it back yeah absolutely i have never done that no i cannot afford to buy 
to replace <laughs> my clubs that easily. What what caused you to throw your your eight iron into the? Tell well, me yeah, I mean, I, well, I'm sure we've all had the frustration of three or four consecutive bad holes, right? Yeah. And then what you perceive as a relatively easy. 130 footer into uh, 130 yarder into the into the green and uh, and it it almost went behind me if I remember oh. correctly which was yeah which was horrible right it was just a a level of frustration and kind of Neanderthal uh, behavior and yeah just got frustrated chucked it into the water and the guys I was playing with were just looking at me and about three seconds later I realized what I had done and thought damn that, <laughs> that really wasn't very smart and I played the rest of the round and the rest of that season without an eight iron funny enough right huh. so yeah good punishment for you I guess to go with there that. you go. Exactly that. Exactly that. Um, but so John Rom is the favorite right now for this weekend yes. for the, uh, which he seems to be all the, every week. Right. I mean, he's, uh, I, I think you, he's obviously in my opinion, I guess, obviously the best player in, uh, in the game right now. What do you think? Yeah. yeah I mean, Rom, he's, he's been through, he's had quite a season too, right? He won the U S open. He is a new father as well. Absolutely. He had COVID. Um, a couple of times, I believe it was twice. Is that right? I should have double checked. That is right. I think I think that is right. How he's getting getting it twice? I don't understand <laughs> that. Like that's why I need. I I should have researched this better, I guess. But anyways, he had it once, uh, and I feel like he has a bit of his chip on his shoulder I, because he was leading last week, right before the he was before the hurricane delay or whatever. So correct. Yeah, he's an easy number one pick. Uh, like I said last week though, I always like betting on the underdogs, but if you're, if you're betting on Ron, like what are your, what are the odds here right now? So if you were to place a bet on John Rom uh, to win this weekend, it would be betting $100 would pay you back $650. So it's a plus 650 market, okay. um, which is, yeah, which is pretty good return. Right? But again, you think yeah. of all the, the really good guys at the top of that list right now, if you wanted to bet on, Bryson uh, DeChambeau to win, you would actually, it's plus 2000, um, which means a hundred dollar bet would win you $2,000, which is right. You know, right. Which is right. So it's, uh, it's, um, there's a lot of parody uh, in golf and that leads to some really, you know, potentially good payouts at the top, but it's, uh, it, it's tough to break the winner as I'm sure you can imagine over the course of, uh, you know, over the course of four days. Yes, for sure. And there is some good Canadian content in here. So Corey Connors is uh, a great bet out here is a top 20 finish. Um, is minus one ten. So he had, that would actually mean you would bet a uh, hundred dollars. Well, you bet hundred and ten dollars to win a hundred. So he's a little bit of a favorite. Uh, that's what we consider a favorite. A minus line is the is a favorite line. So for him to finish in the top twenty, which looks like it's you know kind of a really good chalk bet, um, his iron play has been crazy, and I think that is really rewarded uh, on a course uh, on a course like this. So it'll be interesting to see. I definitely have a little bit of skin in the game this weekend because it's uh, it's getting kind of, kind, of, kind of the end of the end of the year now so it's when the it's when the, the tension really ratchets up a little bit right so he t uh, finished tied for eighth at the northern trust so yeah he's in a solid position heading into this weekend Mackenzie momentum is huge in golf right but moment uh, sorry i'm sorry interrupted momentum is huge in golf and even fina who finished with like a, a right. 60 on the back or oh, sorry a, a 30 on the back nine it's insane on that last course so momentum does speak a lot in, uh, in golf for sure yeah, and just to finish up with the Canadians, um, Mackenzie Hughes—he was tied for 27th in the Northern Trust, so he's 65th in the FedEx standings right now. You need to finish in the top 30 to advance to the Tour Championship, so he has some work to do. To do, but I believe in him. I believe in him. I do as well. Is I believe what they call him on tour. So 
any interesting wasn't there a prop bet around somebody there were you one of the canadians did i miss that yeah it was yeah no it was it was, it was Corey connor's and that was uh that was to finish in the top 20 at uh at minus one now i can have a quick look I, and see what Mackenzie hughes is right now um because okay. it's always good to know what the canadians are where the canadians are standing in terms of the in terms of the betting markets because there's been such you know good performance by them over the last over the last few weeks such consistent performance for sure and then tony like we said he must be up there like obviously because of the momentum and the fact that he closed the way he did in a playoff, uh, you would expect big things from him. I mean, Absolutely. Again, know, I, I would think these their mental game is super high that they wouldn't get too high or too low, but I would expect him to, to golf very well this weekend. I think so as well. I think I think there's and the, the weather's supposed to be a little bit better this weekend. I think uh, than what they saw last weekend. So hopefully, uh, hopefully it, it doesn't impact the pace of play too much. Right. Sleeper picks. Anybody interesting? Well, wow, I think there's uh, again, it's it's uh, it, oh, let me go to you first. Who do you think? Who do you think in terms of uh, who do you like this weekend in terms of uh, potential sleeper picks? Well, I mean, I don't. The two names when I was reading some stuff that kept coming up, and two guys that I don't really follow that closely, to be honest. Uh, Colin Morikawa. I mean, he's he's always in the mix, so I could definitely see him winning. Shane Lowry was a name that kept coming up. Absolutely. So I don't know if you call either of those guys dark horses, considering they're always up there. But um, two guys, I would Shane Lowry is actually Shane Lowry started the started at uh, at forty to one actually. Okay. Um, so that would have been that was definitely considered dark horse. And that was he was on on my list as well uh, as far as people to you know people to watch uh, to watch this weekend. Webb Simpson, of course, is on that list for me as he is kind of every weekend. But uh, but yeah, no, I think there's a, there's a few. I think even. I know you're not a huge Bryson DeChambeau fan, but he's sitting out there. He was sitting at 28 to one this weekend. And again, a long golf course rewards the long hitters. Uh, you know, we'll yes. see. I think, uh, I don't know if you, I don't know if you saw actually, but Bryson was, has accepted a invitation to uh, enter the long drive championship. Um, no, I never Yeah, saw. he did. Okay. He has, which is going to be very, very interesting, I think. Right. So I think he has uh, his, uh, I was reading something here. His longest drive this year so far is 414 yards. Can you imagine that hitting hitting the ball off the tee four hundred and fourteen yards? And right now he's averaging three hundred and twenty one point five yards per drive. Wow! Um, but the number one long drive champion, the number one rated long drive uh, uh, champion, is his best is four hundred and four four hundred and seventy four yards. So okay. Bryson st- still has a little bit of work to do. He still has about 60, 70 yards to get to uh, these long drive guys. But I'm intrigued to see how. Um, how he comp- how he compares, right? A more traditional golfer with more traditional mechanics against these long drivers who are just you know gripping and ripping pretty much. Uh, and I think it'll give a little bit of shine to uh, to long drive as well, which I think has been a, kind of an undervalued sport. It's awful fun to watch, uh, and I think having some notoriety like Bryson there will actually help help it as a sport overall. Right. I'm glad you threw out that number um, because I won't, I'm not sure how how long those guys can hit it. The ones who actually compete and practice on a day-to-day basis just to see who can hit it the furthest. So, yeah, Bryson, I mean, I was, I'm wondering how those other golfers will feel about him getting in there. But you're right. It might really – it will bring some attention to what they're doing, which is kind of cool. So maybe that works in their favor. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I mean, it's it's going to make me, you know, search it out and find it and watch it. As a casual fan, as someone who watches golf on weekends, um, I'm going to look for it. I'm going to pay attention because I want to see. You know, it's it's an interesting kind of spectacle to see, if nothing else. Yeah, a spectacle. That's a good way just to describe Bryson in general. Uh, he's, <laughs> he's not always like that. I sh- I should say that. Maybe that's a little unfair. 
Um, okay, so there you go. Lots of golf this weekend. I'm looking forward to it. I, I've, I've had a busy, busy week. I'm looking forward to just lying on the couch most of the weekend and nice. watching golf. That is my plan. I was going to say this afternoon, I'm going to be tuning in because we have a big uh, hockey game happening this afternoon, yes. which I'm very, very excited about. I've cleared my afternoon so I can not lie on the couch, but stand in front of the couch and yell and scream as loud as I can for uh, for Canada. Right. I, I, my condo here in Calgary, I can see the tower right outside of my window and almost every single night nice. they kind of up in red and white. So it is a constant reminder of the tournament. Beautiful. And the fact that Canada keeps winning, they are three and oh, so that's awesome. But you're right. Big one. Uh, we always call them big ones, big, big games, big game today against the U S yep. who is also three and oh, uh, these two teams have not played each other, uh, since 2019. It's been a while. So, a huge game, I would say, uh, for both sides and a bit of, what's the word? I don't know if it's controversy. I'm going to call it controversy because Canada will be playing without their captain because the coaching staff put her on the ice against Switzerland when Canada was up 5 nothing, killing a penalty, and she took a puck to the throat um, and is injured and out now. So we don't know how bad the injury is. The team Canada keeps saying that she's okay. She just needs some rest. She's going to be fine. But Al, what's she doing on the ice when you're yeah. five nothing to Switzerland, <sighs> killing a penalty, and like what? Uh, you know, I, I'm not going to pretend to know more than any of those coaches. But it just I, on the surface, it sounds like a just like a mistake, doesn't it? Right? It's like the that's the oh come on moment of the week this week for sure, isn't it? That's just right. she sounds. It sounds like that situation where. You got to be protecting your players. You know this game is coming up. You're up five nothing. Yeah, you know the U.S. and you know the U.S. hasn't surrendered a goal yet, right? So you know you need all the offense you're going to need in that next game. She's a not only their captain but their best player, I would say, arguably. Um, so it doesn't seem like a, it doesn't seem like a very smart decision. So uh, and they're going to have a, a very interesting challenge today without her because, as we said, as I just said, the U.S. hasn't given up a goal yet. They've been cruising. Through uh, through these through these uh, through these games so far, um, twelve goals for, zero goals against, which is uh, which is a pretty pretty intimidating stat. They are dangerous. Yes, that is intimidating. The one area though that um, Canada can improve on if they need some extra firepower is their zero and twelve on the power play. Absolutely. So Canada needs to to fix that aspect for sure. Um, that is surprising. And as you look at, I mean, some of the other surprise teams, all right. And again, I, again, I'm not that well versed on women's hockey, but I know what we did talk last week about a little bit more. We had uh, Tessa on last week as well, who gave yeah. some incredible insights into into women's hockey. Uh, we talked about Finland being, a, you know, kind of a kind of a, a third threat, and they just got their first win a couple of days ago, right? But I think seeing the the Czech Republic and how well they've done, they are the scoring leaders so far, right? 16 goals for uh, overall. Uh, and you talked about Canada on the power play being over 12. I think, um, you know, where you're seeing a lot of um, opportunistic play from the Czech folks is uh, they've had 18 power plays and five goals so far. So five of their 16 goals have come on the power play so far. So they're, you know, it, it's, it's, uh, it's cool to see how opportunistic they are, they are being and taking advantage of those opportunities. And Canada really has to, again, against this tough U.S. team who hasn't surrendered a goal yet, they're going to have to really take advantage of those opportunities. Yes, I think, um, I just, I wonder, I mean, we'll find out. We'll find out how much the absence of Poulin is going to hurt them. And 
I I hope this is the only game that she misses. That's the other thing is you don't really know how injured she is or not, right? You not that the coaching staff is lying necessarily, but they're not going to play all their cards in a moment like this. So it's kind of one of those. I guess we'll find out what Canada is made of at this moment. Yes. And um, do you have any concerns about the about the about the goaltending at all? I know that's been a bit of uh, right. I think as I'm looking at some stats again right here. So Canada in total over three games has faced 30 shots in total and given up four goals, right? Which is puts them ninth out of 10 in terms of save percentage. Now, yeah. again, 30 shots in three games is a testament to defense, right? Not necessarily to poor right. goaltending. It's because if I look comparatively, Switzerland has faced 155 shots in that same three goal span, right? So, I mean, there is some, there is some, there is some kind of delta there. Um, but that's got to be a little bit of a concern, right? That for, you know, every one out of every nine shots so far have seen a, have, have seen the back of the net. One out of every eight shots, actually. It's a tough, it's hard to say because I would think as a goaltender, I, I would think part of you wants to face more shots. It's, it would be easier, I think, to play better when you're facing more shots. You get into a rhythm, you get into a groove, you feel the puck a lot. Um, when you're facing not as many shots, and you're a little bit cold, I think that would be tougher, which is no excuse. Goalies have to battle through all this kind of stuff. But I wonder if maybe that's a part of it. I'm, I'm not sure. We need to get Tessa back on here and, and ask her that. Yeah, question. right. I saw her but, I saw her yesterday giving some commentary uh, between one of the games. And, and I know her. Uh, but no, it was super cool to get that kind of insight. It's just a different level of kind of knowledge and, uh, and that kind of insight. So it'd be cool to, it would be cool to get her back afterwards to see her kind of summary on the tournament as well, wouldn't it? Right. Unless Canada loses and then I don't want her on because she'll be very grumpy, <laughs> but it would make for a good, good podcast material for sure. We'll see. We'll see how it turns out. Um, so yes, the hockey game we'll be watching and a little bit of CFL this weekend, actually a little bit less than first anticipated because one of the games was postponed Al Edmonton. Yes. Argos. Um, the Elks. You know what, actually, before before we get on the CFL, I have one okay. more interesting point on women's hockey because I just read this okay. this morning and I'm very excited about it and because uh, because I've enjoyed the game so much over the last last weekend. And that is that the uh, IIHF has announced a women's champion or will is expected to announce a women's championship next year as well, which is the first time it will happen in an Olympic year for the women, um, oh. which is amazing news, I think. Right. That means if you think that means we have in the span of two years, we're going to have three major women's hockey events. And I think things like these Canada US rivalries that are developing, and we're going to see a lot more of it now because they're going to play again in the Olympics and they're going to play again next, you know, next August, wherever that's going to be. Um, now the, the men have apparently played a championship in every year in an Olympic year, you know, for the last few decades, but this is going to be the first year, 2022, where the women's game will also have a championship in the same year as an Olympics, uh, which I think is going to make, all of these things that we're seeing today in this game, it's going to amplify them, in my opinion, totally. over the course of the next year, right? Which is super exciting because it's uh, it's really high caliber hockey. So I'm sorry to interrupt, but I thought that was uh, an interesting point. I think that was a, a kind of a real commentary on not only the quality of the game, but also the interest in the game, which I think is uh, is important. For sure. No, that's a great point. Uh, the more games all of these countries and teams play, the better, in my opinion. The more exposure, the better. So that's, totally. that's great. We'll be looking forward to that. Um, so CFL back to our CFL 12 Elks uh, positive with COVID. So that's it. They, they decided it's not worth playing game postponed yeah. just like that, which I think is the right call. What do you think? I think so too. I know. I think so too. I think, I mean, I, look, I was like, I was 
watching some of those early CFL games and looking in the stands and I saw lots of people. I didn't see lots of masks and, you know, and so it's, it, it kind of brings into the, the larger question. I know in Ontario just this week, there was some announcements around the requirements to attend like a Blue Jays game or a Ticats game. You have to be double vaccinated and you, or show a, uh, show a, a test. I think it's 72 or 48 hours. It's even more stringent than if you're flying back into Canada, interestingly enough, um, to go watch a, to watch a game. So, I mean, I think they should absolutely cancel the, or postpone the game. Um, but I know there's still no kind of vaccine policy in place in, in Edmonton or Calgary right now, is there? Or maybe well, you, uh, I believe the Flames and Oilers just announced that you need to be vac- double vaccinated to go to those games as well. Gotcha. Okay. And those are indoor arenas. So obviously that's uh, even, uh, even amplifies the need for this, doesn't it? Yeah, no, I think, look, I, 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 you can't force people to get vaccinated. I, I firmly believe that. Yeah. I think it's your own choice. It's your own kind of volition, but I think it's completely reasonable to say you need to be vaccinated to get into these large events. I don't think that's uh that's unreasonable at all, but this is not a political show, so we won't talk too much no. about that, but no, but as a fan, I'm excited to be able to get back into this kind of kind of into the stands because I am double vaccinated. I am I am ready to go see my Raptors play and hopefully see the Blue Jays play as well. Yeah, this vaccination stuff, I it's hard for me to talk about it because I don't always pay close attention because there's just so much noise. So I hope I we haven't said anything like wrong information. We don't want to do this on this podcast. Definitely. But yeah, so the vaccination talk, <laughs> we'll try and not talk about it too much, but the as fans, I guess I'm going to have to pay more attention because I want to go to these games. So Absolutely. I I guess this is a good lesson for me and that I need to pay a little bit more attention because the rules are different depending on the city, the team, the province, all that kind totally. of stuff. So unfortunately, it's not just about if you can make it to the game and if you can afford a ticket. Now it's there's a whole yeah. bunch of other variables to, uh, to include, right? So it's part of the part That's of the right. new reality we're going to be living with for a while, I think. Ugh, which is not fun, but what can you do? So, what can you do? Okay. But there is some fun football on this weekend, though, right? There is some totally. interesting football. The Ticats, I think, is the big game for this, but that I'll be watching, most importantly, right? I think uh, their anemic offense, to say the least, over the first two games will be interesting. They had a big change at quarterback coming up for this week with uh, with Dan Evans getting the start over Masoli. Yeah. Um, what do you think? Well, I can think they get the first I mean, win? Hamilton's in trouble, right? If they if they fall to 0 and a three, I mean, their coach is saying, well, I've never heard of anybody who didn't make the playoffs after three games, but you don't want to fall yeah. to 0 and three, right? Obviously. So I think there's a bit of pressure on Hamilton for sure. They haven't um, started 0 and three since 2017. So um, I, I'm going with the Ticats in this one. I think teams. Yeah. You believe in that? Well, we saw, we saw a little bit last week, right? With, uh, with uh, mayor in Calgary. Calgary. It's, it's funny. The Alouettes are dealing with the same thing again, where they're going to have, the expected quarterback not playing and this backup's going to come in. Uh, and, and, and mayor played well. He threw 300 yep. yards and a touchdown and brought them back to the win. So I like the fact that you're going with, uh, with that. Yeah, look, I think there's a sense of urgency there for sure. Right. I think, I mean, there has to be a sense of urgency. That offense was pretty prolific in 2019. I think they led the league in passing yards, if I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong. Uh, and I know this year they are worst, if not second worst. I think Ottawa might be a little bit behind them even still, but, uh, but yeah, no, I think I like you, I think, um, Dane Evans will give them a bit of a spark. Uh, now it's, it's interesting to see how they're positioning this quarterback change, right? Because they're saying it's an injury. They're saying right. it's a rib injury for this for for, for Masoli, and uh, and this guy's coming in as kind of a replacement for the injured starting quarterback. And they're not saying they're making a quarterback change. Um, so uh, it, that's a little bit intriguing, I thought. Yeah, a little bit of gamesmanship there, I guess. It's all it's all how you position it, right? For the other team, for your own team. 
but you're right. It, it feels like a bit of a shakeup, not necessarily an injury related. Sounds like they need it. Just, they just need a spark. Right. But I mean, there is some, again, I'm a betting person, so I pay attention to trends. Uh, right. Okay. That's a, a, a big, yeah. the best indicator of future performance is past performance typically. Um, and so the Ticats have won seven of the last 11 games against Montreal and five of the last six uh, at, uh, at Molson stadium. So they, oh. uh, they have had some success recently uh, kind of at Molson stadium. Um, so that is, I think that's encouraging and Hamilton coming off a bye has won, uh, four of the last six games coming off a bye. So again, trending in the direction of Hamilton having some, you know, kind of, at least a statistical background, uh, uh, kind of relevance to, to have a, to have a good game. But that being said, Montreal also, uh, their last five yes. losses, they have not lost the next game, right? So they have, they have, ne- have they haven't had consecutive losses in the last okay. five losses. And they lost last week. So, you know, again, there's some conflicting trends here that are going to appear on uh, on Friday. So it'll be interesting to see what uh, how it plays out. Right. Jeez, that's, I don't know that stat with Montreal. I, I like that when teams, they don't lose back-to-back games. I think that's a that's a critical thing to be able to bounce back like that. So I was I was all going to be like, oh, the Ticats have this one. But now you have me rethinking things. So Nice. We'll have to see how that one plays out. And the other one that I am mostly intrigued by for sure would be Calgary and Winnipeg. Just yes. again to see if Ryan Mayer can pull off another good performance and Winnipeg with their defense, they're two and one. That is going to be a tough, tough challenge for the Stamps. You know what? Uh, that was such a good game they played last week, wasn't it? Right. So that the fact that yes. Mayer went over three hundred yards, he was uh, he was the thirty seventh player uh, to pass for three hundred yards in his in his debut. And of that, before him, only three of them were Calgary Stampeders. Interestingly enough, uh, two big names, Jeff Garcia and. Bo Levi Mitchell were the two before him yeah. that have thrown for 300 plus yards in their, in their debut. So we'll see if this is uh if, if Mr. Myers, a, is he a, is he a flash in the pan or is he, is he, right. I mean, if he gets another win or two uh, and Bo Levi Mitchell is good to come back, what happens? Mrs. Uh, Miss Calgary, what happens? I, you have to go back to Bo Levi, don't you? I think you go back to Bo Levi. We'll see. This will be an interesting thing. Let's see how they how it plays out this week. And then we also have this another game. That it's uh, BC heading to uh, to TD Place, right, to play Ottawa for their first game of the year. Their their home opener. I know Ottawa has been a bit uh, had a bit of a rough go so far this year in terms of the yes. opposite side of the ball. But uh, that is Rick Campbell coming back to uh, to uh, to TD Place, where he coached for the first for six seasons. So there is all the games this weekend seem to have some interesting storylines and leading into Labor Day, of course, which is a huge CFL weekend, which I'm very, very excited about. Unfortunately, I'm, I'm gone for Labor Day. I'm traveling, but I need to get myself to a stamps game before it snows. And Al, I feel like it's not, the snow is not that far off. Like I know you were saying Toronto was really hot, but this week in Calgary, you can feel a chill in the air for sure. It is getting really out here. Oh yeah. That is such a sad feeling, isn't it? That end of uh, of August chill. I'm I'm actually heading away for a couple of days next week as well. We're going to do what most of us Ontarians do and head up North for a couple of days. And uh, looking at some of the weather reports, I was seeing 13, 14 degrees in the evening. And I thought, wow, it's not, uh, it's not far away. It's not far away at all. It's very sad. It's very, very sad. But that's life. Um, So there you have it. I think uh, lots to watch on TV this weekend. Absolutely. It's going to be a fun fun weekend of sports. And again, we have NFL coming back really, really soon. The countdown is, I don't know about you, but I'm seeing a lot of NFL news over the last little bit. Like I think, especially as we talk about betting, um, NFL still grabs the, the lion's share of betting dollars in Canada. Uh, sure. So I think the excitement for NFL is is peaking. And there's a lot of quarterback controversies that are being settled over the last couple of days. 
Um, so it'll be interesting to see him. that first game with Dallas uh, against Tampa Bay on the ninth. I think is going to be uh, a lot of fun, and we'll see if Dak is playing and the whole controversy around whether Dak's going to play and his shoulder injury and leg injury and everything else. So I'm very excited about NFL, and I can't wait to talk NFL with you once the once the season starts. It is ramping up for sure, so we will be getting to that. Uh, getting to that. One more thing: the U.S. Yeah. Open. U.S. Open this week. Yeah. Uh, Serena just pulled out. I know. I know. So that means she no does. Federer, no Nadal, no Serena. Yeah. That's, I mean, are we seeing like an evolution, like a changing of the garden tennis? Which, I mean, like what? Two of those guys are already forty years old, and one's going to be forty yeah. fairly soon. So I mean, that's it's almost like it's it's about time this changing of the guard happened. But those names, and let's put you know Djokovic in there as well, have ruled tennis for two decades now, pretty much. So it's interesting to see what uh, what the next crop is going to look like, uh, and what the U.S. Open is going to look like. But it does mean that the Canadians have some chances. Bianca hopefully can can defend her title. It will be a very different vibe without those people, for sure. Especially with Serena, I feel. And you have to wonder, you just have to wonder about her career and whether the end is coming sooner rather than later. Because it is totally. disappointing that she's not playing this weekend, unfortunately. But It is. And she's, what, one grand slam away from uh, from, from Margaret yeah. Court, I believe, to get to 24, which I think is a, is a, is a pretty big number. And, right, I think... Uh, I mean, people would compare Tiger and saying, would you ever think Tiger would come back and win the Masters? But, you know, winning a golf tournament over the course of three or four days versus winning something like the U.S. Open or Wimbledon or, or the Aussie or something is, uh, those are big different asks. I think once you get, uh, hit that 40-year-old mark, I can speak from experience, things just get a little bit harder and injuries become harder to come back from and bones creak for no reason. So it, it, it'll be interesting to see. I think, I hope she still has one more in her, um, you know, especially as we get into early next year. Uh, I'd love to see her get that number 20. I think she'll be regarded as the best female tennis player, you know, to date anyway, uh, regardless of whether she wins another one or not. So we'll, we'll see, but I'm, I'm hoping we see her back because to, to, to watch her level of power on the court, it's just, it's, 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 it's such a, it's such a fun experience. She'll be back for sure. She'll, she'll play again. It's just be, we'll, I'm, yeah. The fact that she pulled out of this, it had to be a pretty serious injury. I think for not, to, for not to play in the U S open. So cool. right, uh, there you have it. Um, thanks for everybody who, who gave us a listen. I am actually going to be in new Brunswick next week the end of next nice. week oh, so we're gonna have to figure out this technology piece so we can uh, <laughs> we can keep the podcast going but we'll figure it out we'll make it happen absolutely enjoy the enjoy the east coast and i'm sure it's gonna be beautiful out there yeah we can we can chat about it next week for sure let's do it okay, okay. have, have a nice weekend enjoy the week thanks you too talk to you later you're listening to the oh come on sports podcast with me natasha Sanashevsky. come on